Hello and welcome to the Bothering Strangers podcast with Max Hearing. I'm Max Hearing. And today I have a guest who competes in a sport that I know nothing about. My guest today is Lindsay Wheelock, a professional drag racer. Lindsay, how are you? Uh, hi, I'm good. How are you? I'm great. Uh, thank you for coming on. Yeah, absolutely. I'm excited. Is it? Is this your first podcast? It is actually. Yeah. I didn't. I, I assumed it wasn't, but then I'm like, maybe because you're, yeah, you're, you're only two years into drag racing. Right. Yeah. 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 I I think it's fun though. I think this form is um, really easy to talk about interview wise. Like I've been interviewed, but not on a podcast. So this is kind of cool. Like you've been like you've done like uh, you've done like radio shows or. Um, no, it's just been interviews for magazines and different websites and blogs and stuff. No, they're super structured. Yeah, they are. Yeah. And and I realized that I have to be like careful with what I say because they'll literally write it verbatim. And then when it's written, it doesn't really make sense. Whereas when we're conversing like this, maybe hopefully it makes a little bit more sense. I think everything makes more sense when you can hear it. Yeah. And see the face and yeah. Oh, all, all that, all that, it all adds up. But with, with like, when you see this magazine, were you doing the ones where it was like, they would ask you a question, then it would say like, Lindsay, and then it would just have like all your. Um, I don't think I've done one like that yet. I don't think so. They were just asking questions, right? About my experiences and then quoting me on it. Yeah. You got to be very like um, concise. Yeah. Yeah. Which is not me at all. I'm horrible out of myself. <laughs> just, 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 just in regular life. Uh huh. So you've been drag racing for uh, two years now. Yeah, I think it'll be two and a half. I started the very end of the season in September of 2019. Um, I got one race in, experienced it for the first time, loved it, and then the season was over. In Indiana, you don't race much past September. You October if you're lucky. Um, uh, and so I had to wait all winter to do it again. And then, but then COVID happened. And then COVID happened. Right. So I'm entering into this new lifestyle, which I, I mean, I had experience, right. Only in the sense that I followed my husband because he drag raced for the entire, our entire time of knowing each other. Um, he's been doing it for like over 20 years. So I would follow him around and be like his number one fan but I was not hands-on I just tried to stay out of his way because I thought that's what he wanted right and I truly didn't know what I was doing I don't think I have ever picked up a wrench in my life until 2019 so um yeah starting um the year of a pandemic was weird but it was like honestly I say this sensitively because I know it was some people's hardest times of their life from losing family members or, or whatever it may be and I will say it was very hard for me, but at the same time, like I try to, I try to just like, sure. I went through a lot of hard things, right? I lost my grandpa and we had losses, we had setbacks, but it was one of the best years of my life. Um, so it was pretty sweet. I had a blast. It was it just because you were getting into like, yeah, I guess it made that year kind of bittersweet right like there was a lot of bad but it would also like I was trying something new for the first time and having a blast and I guess it, it made me realize I think COVID has made a lot of people think about their life and what they really want to be doing and when everything's taken away like it was for those 
you know, initially it was the two weeks. Um, you just, it just puts things into a different perspective or it did for me at least. And so I realized for myself that at one point I stopped trying new things. I don't know what point that was. I don't know if it was high school or maybe right out of college. Once I got my job, I thought, okay, I got my job. I got married. I started having kids. And then I thought, you know, I, I pretty much stopped trying new stuff. Like being a mom was new and that was hard. But outside of that, I was just going to focus on my kids and, and do what they needed. And, um, and that is awesome. And that is my role. But at the same time, I was neglecting myself. And so in some ways, I'm being a little selfish and having a blast. It's, it's, I feel like it's also very hard when you're, you know, like in, in your case, you're a dental hygienist, but I, I imagine you're working longer hours then, and then you have three kids. I feel like it's very hard to, you know, find time to even think about, you know, trying new things. It's true. That is true. It, it, um, but racing has consumed a lot of our time, so it made me realize that I actually have more, we have more time than we think, right? It is a short day, but what are you giving your time and efforts to? And for me, a lot of it, I think, was just kind of going through the motions, moping around, um, trying to, f- I don't feel like I fit that role 100% as like being a full-time mom, stay at home, run into sports, doing all these things. It never felt really right to me. Um, I-, I don't know if that makes sense. Maybe some other mothers can relate, but um <laughs> I can't. Well, I know uh, you can. <laughs> were you? Were was was were you, were you just kind of reaching a point where you were like, were like the fulfillment you might have been once feeling as a mother was not so much there anymore. I think so. I I mean, what you got to remember for me, I when I started racing, my kids were really little. I mean, they were very needy, very dependent on me, and I I struggle with that, and so I, I feel like um, this gave me a way to kind of. Uh, find motivation, right? Like it's hard for me to keep going when everyone needs me all the time. Um, and now they're at a place where, I mean, we're having a blast. My oldest is nine, my middle child's six and the youngest is four and they're very independent and um, we really build them up to be that way, but we're having a good time. So uh, your husband, as you mentioned, is a drag racer, but what mm-hmm. what was like the evolution between like, obviously you said like you you know, not only had any of never drag race, but you never like fixed, like you were never like repairing cars, you know, doing any of that, that mechanical stuff. So what was that? So how did it become a are like, all right, here's this first race. Um, so it wasn't my idea, but, um, okay. The beginning of the story, my dad had a 2018 Dodge challenger demon. And the idea with these cars is that they're race ready. They come with like this crate that has all the race package and all this stuff. And so as a racing family with my husband racing and my dad loving cars and being in the car business, he has several dealerships. I just couldn't believe. And I love that car so much. I think it's beautiful. And I I've got to drive it on the streets and I'm like dying to feel it go fast. But I, when I told my dad and husband, I'm like, why have neither of you taken this out on the drag strip? I want to know what it's like. I want to see how fast it goes. Not meaning me, right? Like I never in the back of my mind ever thought I should do it. Um, And if I even thought about it, I would have been terrified. And so it was a couple months after I said that, and I'm at work cleaning teeth and I check my phone in between patients, make sure my, all the kids are okay. Right. No emergency text messages. My husband's like, Hey, you need to check your email. I'm like, Oh boy. So I check it. 
says, congratulations, Lindsay Wheelock. You've been signed up for the NMCA's um, free Dodge Hemi shootout. Uh, and I'm just, my heart just sank. And I'm like, oh my, that has my name on it. And so I texted him. I'm like, what did you do? <laughs> and he's like, look, it's no pressure. It's a free race. It costs me nothing. You take your dad's Dodge uh, Demon and have fun. And my exact response was, I can't. And he said, why? And I said, because I'm a mom. He was like, okay, why? And I was like, because one of us has to stay alive. And he's like, that's the worst excuse I've ever heard. You're fine. Try it once. If you don't like it, you never have to do it again. Just do it for me. And I love him dearly. And I'm like, all right, you know what? I'm going to do this. And so it was, I was so terrified to be honest. Um, well, I had a blast. It was awesome. And obviously like the rest is history. Here we go. So how was that first race? It was fun. I mean, I didn't win anything. Um, I just got in the car and knocked off the nerves. And um, it was interesting because after my very first pass, I was shaking and I'm like, that was wild. And I get back to my husband and I'm excited, but I'm also even more scared. And I'm like, I didn't see anything the whole time I was going down the track. I think I closed my eyes. And he was like, I don't think you closed your eyes. Turns out, so I went to a drag racing school um, to get my license. And there's like a whole lecture science portion. And we learned that like your eyes can only see, I'm probably saying this wrong. If any like doctors are watching or neuroscientists are like, you're wrong. Basically, every time your eyes can't focus on one thing for like longer than however many seconds. So when your eyes shift and turn and, and do that, you're temporarily blind. So my eyes were going like this the whole time I was going down the track trying to take everything in. And so I was technically blind going down the track, which is not reassuring at all. Yeah, but I, yeah. learned how to, I learned how to fix it. You just have to have a focal point. You have to stare basically while you're racing. So I got that down. How long is the track? I, I know it's a straight shoot, but like how, what is the distance? Um, so we run a quarter mile, 1,320 feet. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So before, before you'd ever dry race, had you ever like driven that fast in a car? It's a good question. I don't know if I really have. I've gone fast in the car. Like I, I took my dad's Dodge Demon out and on the country roads, didn't intentionally mean to. I was just passing somebody and I looked down and it said 120 and I'm like, oh, whoops. <laughs> <laughs> I, should, I should slow down. <laughs> that was a bit aggressive, um, but it's that's that's the cool part about these stock cars nowadays. You can buy them from the dealership. They're so smooth and they're so powerful. You don't even know you're going that fast. Um, my husband had a Toyota Supra. And we got after it once on the road together, but I wasn't driving it. He was driving it. So, um, no, not really. I like to go fast. I'm not scared to go fast. I just, I am not looking to street race. Let's say that. I'm not trying to be unsafe about it. If I'm going to do it, I'm, I'm the safety queen. I got my helmet. I got my Hans device, you know. Even my Honda Accord, uh, sometimes I look down and I'm like, when did I reach 80? What's that? In my Honda Accord, I, I don't even know how oh. I, like how I reach eighty sometimes, and I'm like, damn, like, yeah, well, like, you're like, like, what? like they're building these cars differently now. Like, what happened yeah. out here? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, after the first race, was it just like I'm hooked? Like, like, oh no, like, like we're doing this again? Pretty much. Like once it it was over because I lost. Um, I was really sad. I'm like, you can buy back in to like keep racing. 
And I did that because I didn't want it to quit. And my husband was so happy. I'm sure um, I was happy too. I really didn't want it to end. It was awesome. And then when did you start learning? Like, cause obviously like with driver racing and much of racing in general, a lot of it comes down to the mechanics and just pushing everything yeah. out, of, out of the engine. When did you start kind of getting like, under the hood and just that whole right after, like, cause once the season's over, it's, it's winter. And in winter is when you rebuild everything if you need to and get the car set up. So my husband is like a really good mechanic and, um, it's not that he's trying to teach me to be as good as him. Like that comes from, he's got decades of experience. And I do, I do believe it at some point it comes to just be talent. I don't have that. Um, but it was that winter of 2019 into 2020. He's like, if you're going to race it, I want you to be hands-on and at least see and participate. So you understand the car better. And it has helped me significantly. It was a lot of education. Like I didn't know what certain car parts were and what he was talking about, but I got it. I got it down pretty good. I don't think I could build an engine or, or install an engine myself, but I know the steps. If someone was there to help me, I think I could do it. So, well, uh, someone should teach me. Yeah, it's, and I'm thankful for that opportunity. That's huge. Like no one took the time. My my dad could have probably taught me when he was when I was little, but um, he didn't. He was busy, and so it's neat. I'm thankful for it. It's not many people know how to, you know, other than like actual mechanics, I should say. Yeah. You know how to actually yeah. work cars like that now. So, yeah. yeah it's pretty uh, neat. So, I don't know a whole lot of drivers, but how, how does it, do you like, do you have to normally have to have to buy in to a, to a, a race? Like, not like obviously the first one you did was a free one, but the ones you're doing now. Yeah. Oh yeah. We pay. Um, we run, we pretty much run in the NHRA's factory stock showdown. Um, and so I'm bad with numbers off the top of my head. I think it's like three fifty to enter into a race. Um, NH or NMCA, which is another sanctioning body that we race. It's a little more low key and a lot of fun. Um, I think we pay around, it's a little bit cheaper, but it's a couple hundred for each race. And we, we run anywhere from eight to 12 races a year, roughly. So plus the cost of driving there, yeah. the fuel, you know, our time off because we're hourly employees. So if we're not working, we're not making money. So it's expensive. And does it only, I mean, you pay to enter, but you only make money if you win, I assume. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. You, you mostly just lose money in drag racing. It's just like you take the money and you throw it out the window. Oh, I see. See that, 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 I didn't expect that answer at all yeah yeah it's crazy and talk to you about like the the crowds well obviously you went through the covid year where there were really weren't crowds but now that it, it's all back in full swing yeah, that was how 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 what's the environment like you know once like once everything gets going at the uh, stadium um yeah it's it's pretty cool i mean even through covid um most of the races there were still um, fans allowed. There was one race, I think at the end of the year where no spectators were allowed or something that was, it was just a little, it's not as much fun, right? If there's not a crowd, but for the most part, it's really fun. It's neat. Um, with my following now, it, it's really cool because we get people that come up and will um, 
bring their kids and we let the kids sit in the car and we pass out hot wheels to each kid and we give them free racing t-shirts for our team. And, um, it's a really fun environment. It's fun. And the, and the stands and we're getting there. I think the NHRA's picked it back up this year. They're really trying to work on getting, you know, sold out areas and, uh, or events. And so NMCA has a little bit lower attendance, but it's usually locals that come and it's pretty family, uh, friendly environment. Yeah, it definitely seems like uh, you, you mentioned, you know, you're following, you have uh, almost 56,000 followers on Instagram. Um, I, I did just look that up. It wasn't just, you know, <laughs> it's just on the top of my head or anything. <laughs> it wasn't. That, that, that would be, that would be some Rain Man type stuff. But um, how, how has that changed it for you? I mean, I imagine you're one of the more popular drag racers now. Um, I don't know about that. I, I just... <laughs> I think it's changed it in the sense that um, we have, I have a greater opportunity. Sorry, they're starting up race cars out there. If you can hear it in the background, they're starting, it's opening up opportunities for um, sponsorships or paid partnerships through social and just that kind of thing. And that's cool. But as far as um, the environment and how I feel when I'm at the racetrack and, and how I behave and do things, it's, it's all the same. Like, it's hard for me to grasp. I went to a network marketing meeting once and they were trying to describe, they were like, if you put, let's say, right. My following is what 56,000. If you put that amount of people in a room, you would be like really overwhelmed and be like, wow, that's a lot of people. When I look at that number though, I'm like, like, that's not, that's not that much. Right. I could compare it to other racers. That's, that's not that much, but um, I'm just so thankful. Like it's really cool. And I have a real, I've worked really hard to create, an honest, transparent following where um, it's an open community, and I have a lot of support. And you get you get the trolls, but and they're coming out more so now with more followers. But I just block them and move on, you know. Yeah, it's a it's a great attitude. I mean, some people really uh, don't know how to handle the trolls when they start coming out. I don't. I'm. I don't have that. Obviously, no. No one follows me like that, but. <laughs> no, for people who are actually famous, they 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 struggle with it. It's coming. Oh, it's, oh, I'm it. sure people are people are mean, man. They are just mean. The the internet has given it's it's like you would never say these things in real life to people, but exactly. then the internet gives this like anonymity, even though like you may have like your name attached to it that like just yeah. de- that didn't exist like before. Well, before on the internet, but before like Facebook and uh, Instagram and all that. Yeah. Someone once told me, because I was venting to him about it, he was like, you know, these are people you would literally never hang out with. So why are you giving them, you know, your energy? And I'm like, yeah, you're right. And that's when I'm like, I'm just going to block them. For the most part, though, again, I try to respond to just about everybody. I'm just nice. I just kill them with kindness. I tell them they're right. Because if you tell they just want to be heard and they want to be mean and they want to hurt you. So I'm like, yeah, you're right. They almost always apologize. It's worked on everyone. It's actually worked on every single person. <laughs> just reversed in the psychology here. It, people are just hurt people, hurt people. And so I feel sorry for him, you know? Oh, yeah. No, me too. It's like, it's, it's sad. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sad. Um, you know, you, you participate in like a, in a male dominated sport. Well, as all of racing is male dominated. So have there been obstacles that you faced as a woman in drag racing? Not really. I mean, to be honest, right. You, 
sure, I have a setback, right? I didn't have the environment of wanting to work on cars when I was a young girl. And so I think there's a difference, right? The boys want to do that kind of stuff or whatever. But um, so I wish I would have started sooner. But at the end of the day, all of everyone I've ever came into contact with has been really supportive, maybe because I'm a girl. Um, but I really don't feel like we're in a time where women are rising up, right? All these companies want women to represent them because they want to be socially and politically like conscious. Yeah. And so I feel like now's our time to like take advantage of it. Right. I do. I do not feel like I don't, I, if anything, I feel like I have more opportunities um, today in 2022 than males do when it comes to racing. Yeah. That's probably not a popular, I, I think women, not all, but I think some think they're like oppressed and we don't get, I think it's how you want to look at it. I don't think that my husband or any male in my life has any greater opportunity to do something um, than I do. So <laughs> we'll see how far that attitude takes me. I'm like, I can do whatever I want. Yeah, you're making you're making me a little nervous out of here. With the, <laughs> go 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 with the go with the with the unpopular opinions. <laughs> I, I mean, it, it might it, it could very well also be in your case. So, like Dragosting, it could be like a supply and demand thing as well. Where there's this, true. That's where they true. Want, they want to see women, and well, there yeah. aren't. I, I don't know how many women there are, but I imagine you see almost it's all. Come, men. It's rising. It's great. Yeah, I race all men. Uh, well, no, I take that back. I just, one other girl joined the class. So that's kind of cool. So yeah, yeah one yeah. of so two, two women out of, uh, I don't know how many, a lot of men. Let's say that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, how, how is this like, I mean, wh when you started drag racing, well, you started before the pandemic, but in the pandemic, you were, you were fully homeschooling your kids. You were obviously working as a dental hygienist as you are now. And you were getting a drag racing. So how did you manage all that? Because you know, especially with drag racing, you have to leave, you know. I did the bare minimum to get by and survive. It was <laughs> freaking crazy, dude. It was so crazy. I cried a lot. Um, I think I lived in sweatpants. I didn't wear makeup for like 10 months straight because I was so confused on what was happening with my life. Um, I don't know, right? You just go into survival mode. Like I was not a world-class teacher by any means. I just my kids were young. Thankfully, I was teaching preschool which was fun and second grade. And the other one just, I tried to make sure she wasn't burning down the house while I was teaching them. And it was rough. Not going to lie. It, what I, I will say this though. I never would have homeschooled if it weren't for the pandemic and it's changed my life. Um, my kids are still technically homeschooled, but thankfully there is like a hybrid school where you can, someone else teaches them the chunk of everything. And then I just have to review it with them. It's perfect. It was like made for us. Very so. that 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 is that's built for parents right there. Yeah, yeah, it really is. It's awesome. So and then work, right? I just it's almost easier to be at work cleaning teeth because I I know what to expect when I go in there. I know I'm going to get paid for my job. I'm happy and I leave, right? And I do a great job. So that was the easiest part. And drag racing was wild and fun and stressful. I lost a lot of hair. <laughs> That's the side of the point. I, I was losing hair like six months ago. Were you? Well, yeah. COVID, I heard, is a thing. But then I'm like, it, it's also probably a good amount of it is stress. Guaranteed. Because I'm still losing hair. And I had COVID like forever ago. So 
It's well, I, I I never had COVID, but it was more uh, in, in oh. my case. I don't I don't know what it was specifically. It was probably just like stress, but then fixed yeah. it. We're all good. Good. We're good. It's, it's looking. It's looking looking full now. You know. Is that what fixed it, Rogaine? Yeah. No, really, it was Rogaine. Really. It okay. was it was the it was the tar- it was the off brand Rogaine from Target, which has the same active ingredient as like, okay, perfect. regular. Perfect. I might have I might have to try it. Well, don't get the one I do because that's the one that's specific. they're very they're very, obviously they say it's for men, but hmm. I don't know why. Eh. <laughs> um, but there there has to be a female one. Uh, was I mean, for you as a dental hygienist, like you're not full time anymore. I don't think, but no. does that provide like is that like the one time in your life you're like ah like I know exactly what I'm stepping into? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And so a lot of people are like, why, why are you still doing that? Right? Like, why haven't you quit? And why aren't you drag racing full time? Look, I would love to, but at the same time, um, it doesn't pay the bills. So if anything, it takes money away. Um, but it, it is, there's something, there's something about my personality that I like the thrill, but I also, I love going in there because it's boring. I know what I'm going to expect. I've worked there for 11 years. I'm friends with the patients and it's just, it's cool. And I like to clean. It's so satisfying to take dirty teeth and make them clean. <laughs> is, it like, is, is it like the scraping noises that do it for you? Uh, no, it's not the noises. I actually don't like the noise. But um, now, like, if I can tell what you just had to eat, <laughs> it's disgusting. But if it, it's the hard tartar that I have to, like, chisel off, it's so fun. Oh, it's so fun. So I was off for eight weeks because our babysitter had a baby of her own. And so I didn't work. And um, I'm not gonna lie, it felt good to go back and really get in there, clean some nasty teeth, you know? All right. You probably don't know. <laughs> no, I don't I don't like I I mean, well, I'm I, I still do go to the dentist twice a year and get teeth cleanings. I, I imagine it's gonna stop soon. Yeah, well, I'm gonna dot have dental insurance soon, so that will probably mm. end. But yeah. um I don't like them. Yeah. No, I don't blame it. I don't like having my teeth clean. I don't enjoy it, but I enjoy being behind, you know, in the chair, the one in control. It's great. <laughs> uh, my dental hygienist, she, she's actually great, but she'll sometimes like have her like, have, um, you know, the tools, the mm-hmm. instruments in my mouth, clean my teeth. Then she asked me a question. I'm like, how yeah. am I supposed to, how Everyone am I supposed to answer your that. question? Everyone says that. Look, let me tell you. As the dental hygienist, we don't expect you to respond, okay? Like, we know our hands are in your mouth. We ask the question. We finish what we're doing. Then we take them out, and then you can answer. No pressure. Or, or also, we speak that language. Like, if you're like, Ara, and you're, like, talking, we know what you're saying. But I, th- I, th- I bet patients <laughs> think that of me, too. Anyways, I did. I don't mind a yes or no question, but sometimes she asks me questions yeah. that require, like, actual answers. I, mean, I can't yeah. do that for you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, we get deep. Like I've cried with my patients. I prayed with my patients. We've laughed and everyone's like, how do you have time to get that deep? And I'm like, I don't know. You'd be amazed. It's, it's incredible. It's fun. I am in some ways, I feel like a therapist for a lot of people and I'm honored. It's a blast. So now I, I, I can see it because like, I, oh, I'm trying to think this because like, because you've also probably patients for like, you know, a long time now. Yeah, I've seen, like, when I started, these kids that I were seeing, they're now, like, graduating college, or some of them even, like, getting married and stuff, and it's just crazy. It's cool. 
I think, I think they think it. I'm creepy because I only see them twice a year and I'm like sad that they're growing up. I'm like, what? how'd you get so big? And they're just like, why do you care? You know? No, my, my dental dress is the same thing. I think I've seen her since I was 10. I'm 24 now. So like, she's, she's like, what are you doing? What's your brother doing? And my brother's a doctor. Oh, so, cool. that, so that was like, oh, what? Yeah. you know, like, yeah. yeah. But she's, it's just like every time, like, yeah, it's in my life. And then I, I forget that it's like her. These are just like these little six month updates. Yeah. It's fun. A lot happens in six months. Uh, oh my God. A ton happens in six months. So I'm like, oh, I should probably like be more considerate that, of how often I see you. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> it would be rude otherwise. <laughs> um, okay. I, I'm, I feel better knowing that, you know, you also <laughs> ask questions. When... I do. We don't expect the answer. It's fine. We, it's okay. Okay. No, that's good. Um, is that your dog I see in the background? Oh, yeah. He's showing up. Yeah. He's my shadow. He follows me everywhere. He's awesome. Oh, yeah. We we love dogs. Do you take him uh, on, like, when you race? Do you take him or leave him? In the past, we've always taken our, our dog. We just got him in the fall. Um, we don't take him to the races because he's so attached to us. He will hurt himself if he's left alone or destroy something. So, and we don't have anywhere to put him. We rough it at the track. We don't have like a fancy motor home or anything. We're just like hanging out in the dead heat of sun. And so, no, we leave him. We have a, an awesome friend who takes care of him while we're gone and it's perfect. So but otherwise when I'm home, he is with me everywhere I go, literally everywhere. Dogs always, when, when like dogs are like have a family, they always pick their person. Yeah, I think I'm this person and I'm kind of honored. I've never had this before. And he like listens to me. He protected me once. This other pit bull came up and was like getting all feisty and they both had their balls or neither one's neutered. So it's like this dominance thing. And we that, won. That, that's a lot of aggressiveness right there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think, well, for for my childhood dog, he passed away two years ago, but for, for him, it was my mom. Like that was his Aww. person because she was home not she worked she worked yeah. at home you know i was going to school my brother was going to school and my dad was going to work and uh like she is like I, it's like she never experienced that type of love like we can't give that amount of love as human beings but dogs it's dog, true we dogs don't, we don't deserve it yeah it's pretty incredible <laughs> it's very yeah oh man no we don't deserve dogs they're, they're better than us for sure they are they have a sweet soul he has a good dog pure hearts i um on the topic of dogs, I, I asked this, I, I, I talked to my friends about this. This is a very random question, but human beings, we are like, I feel like we're the only species that makes decisions, wrong decisions, knowing they're the wrong decisions. Do you think dogs also do that? Like For sure. Right? Okay. I, no? I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm undecided because part, part of me thinks that they make wrong decisions, but they might not know that. I don't know. Boy, don't you wish you could get in their brain? I think they do. Like I had some dogs in the past that were so, they knew better. Right. And then when you leave the room, they're like, I'm, I always try to catch it on camera. Like they, they're, they know what they're doing, but they are also like so stupid and forgiving in the sense that they're just like, they, they just forgive so quick. So why wouldn't they think that we're going to do the same? Or I don't know. <laughs> No, I, I actually, I think they do. I, I mean, human beings, we're, we're like, we're like, we are like the, the kings of just like, oh, the, of like knowing that we're making the wrong decision as we make it. But yeah. dogs, dogs also, they, they have their moments. The smart ones, especially, they really lean into doing that. Yeah. Yeah. 
think like, so. Like when I get a dog, I'm getting a stupid dog. No, don't. Oh, they're terrible. They'll just bark all day. <laughs> are, are you speaking from experience here? Or? I, no, I, I've honestly only had good dogs. Um, but that comes from a lot of work. But I feel like like there are truly unintelligent dogs or dog breeds. and they Oh, just no doubt. Bark. That's all they do. It's like, oh, my gosh. I can't imagine. No. The sm- smaller dogs tend to run on the dumber side, I'd say. And- yeah. <laughs> they're impossible to potty train. They're also the most aggressive, but everybody forgives them because they're harmless. And it's like, no, that's if my pit bull did that, I'd be like sued and you'd kill my dog, right? Is that, do you have a pit bull? Is that the dog I see walking? Yeah, or- he's, he's a, I don't think he'll get up on the counter because he's a good boy. Um, he looks kind of pittish. I don't know. I have no idea. We adopted him. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of hate towards pit bulls. Mm-hmm. I mean, they they have the potential to do damage. Any big dog does, right? But they're some of the best dogs I've ever had. We've had an English Mastiff. He was a saint. Um, but it also, like, we put work in. We train him. We work him hard. My husband's like the dog whisperer. So there's one point in time where he didn't go to work forever. I don't remember if he was, like, laid off or I, anyway. All he did was watch Caesar Milan's dog whisper and he became him. And it's awesome. <laughs> uh, I have a question for you that I ask every guest. Okay. What is, what is the worst piece of advice you've received? Oh, wait. What is the best piece of advice you received? And what is the worst piece of advice, advice you received? Okay. So <laughs> the first, the first time I was about to go down the racetrack and like, the most powerful car I've ever been in, like the one that I had to get a license for. I was petrified. Okay. I didn't even know how to start the car. I'm like, Oh my gosh, I should not be driving this. The guy who is tuning the car that day goes, it's just like going to the grocery. And I remember laughing hysterically at that. Cause I'm like, you're nuts. Just like going to the grocery. And I'm like, you know what? Looking back on that, I'm like, because I tell myself that every time I get in, I'm just going to the grocery. Uh, like I do that every day. Okay. That's my jam. <laughs> and so it just takes the stress away because ha- truly, if you want to look at it that way, it's, it's no different. I'm just not getting groceries. I'm going to, I want to win, but truly I've only ever lost. So worst piece of advice, the very first time I was getting ready to go down the track, um, my sweet, sweet mother was like, don't mm. hit the wall. Don't hit the wall is what mm. she said. And I'm like, that is not uplifting. That is not promising. And then suddenly that's all you can think about. And you question your sanity as to why you're getting in the car. Cause no one wants to crash. And of course, going into it for the first time, that's just what I thought would happen was that I die and my kids wouldn't have a mom because I have intrusive thoughts like that. <laughs> so there's, you know, there's nothing life-changing, but that's my truly worst piece of advice and best best advice I've ever got so far. So Yeah, that sounds that sounds like something a mom would say right there. I hope I'm not like that to my kids. I want to be like, you got this girl, right? Like go destroy it. And then when they hit the wall, you're like, ooh, because <laughs> I've hit the wall. So that was fun. <laughs> you have it's, it, it, it's not as bad as you thought it was. It really wasn't. It, I mean. I don't want to do it again. In the no, moment, it wasn't that bad. But the th- when you think back on it, it's scary and it's intense. And you're like, ugh. But yeah, that was, my dad was like, 
came up and gave me knucks as I'm like being put on the stretcher. He's like, Hey, way to go, kid. Proud of you, kid. What? (laughs) That's such a, we all, we all grieve in very strange ways. Okay. (laughs) I'm about about to say, yeah, that's, (laughs) that is, that is two completely different styles of parenting right there. Yeah. That's why I am the way that I am today. (laughs) Ah, no. That's, yeah, the way our parents raise us, that's, that's us right there. Oh my gosh. When your mom said don't hit the wall, like, like, were you like about to just start the race in a minute or were you, did you have a goal yeah, to was think like about pretty, it? No, it was pretty close to go time. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't tell you how uncomforting that was. Or, and I don't even know if that's a word. I was just like, that, that's it's very concerning, awful. I would say. It's a very like concerning mm-hmm. thing to be like, ah, let yeah. me think about it. And and you and you didn't realize like what hitting the wall would entail. Right. I know. And you know what? The power of the mind is so strong, and that a lot of it's mindset. You got to go into it focused, calm, right? All these things and panicked, nervous, scared, all those things are like not ideal. So she was not helping that situation the mind is what 90 percent in sport they say maybe honestly i i would argue it's more than that than that but uh i think i could have been like a, like a pretty decent basketball player if i like from a young age like learned how to like yeah. con- control my thoughts not and like great like I, i'm not very athletic but i think i could have been like much better than i am yeah. right now yeah interesting i, yeah. I still struggle I mean, with it right with mindset or basketball oh, yeah <laughs> both <laughs> both i would say yeah. but basketball like i'm 5'11 i I can't change my height that's that's beyond me but like i could definitely be like more mentally ready to shoot (laughs) the ball you know Mm -hmm. yeah no i get that but mindset's everything man i'm trying to teach my kids from a young age what that's like oh yeah no one no one told me until i was in college i didn't even know if i would have known what that word meant yeah (laughs) yeah um, listen it's powerful and once you can grasp that and work with it you, you're unstoppable oh i think no it, it's it's great um in judaism I, I am jewish uh in certain like certain groups of like jews like the way they like who they kind of get their information from uh there's one group the chabad movement and they talk they're all about that where like they, they read constantly about how our life is like it's up to us yeah that's cool yeah no it's and it's very you wouldn't expect in religion you know right yeah no you don't it's usually the opposite if anything so it's god this god that and this doesn't take away from god but it's just like they're like oh it's a like, then that's wild Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because psychology says that Mm -hmm. oh my dang yeah it's power of the mind it's big it's real it is uh, I, th- I think that's a solid ending point right okay. there. Okay. Th- nice. th- thank you so much for coming on. Yeah. Thank you for having me. I had a blast. Hopefully uh, more. Well, I, I know you'll be on more podcasts in the future. I hope so. This is fun. Yeah. If nothing else, you were my first one. Thanks. Yes. Thanks for, ha- thanks for asking me to do this. Yeah, no problem. I'm, 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 I am surprised. I'm surprised no one's ever asked you. Yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm fun to talk to. Right come on yeah. and 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 like an interesting guest like like this is it's not like you're just like nobody you know yeah 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 thank you to my guest Lindsay Wheeler and thank you for, for everyone watching have a good one thank you